The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon, the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garment. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, we really have, in a sense, two Gospel readings. As a reading from Corinthians, is Paul's version of the Last Supper institution of the Eucharist. And then, of course, we have John's account of Jesus washing the apostles' feet. Two major messages that we are called to reenact, but in very different ways. You know, I have to admit that during much of my early life, when I would hear the words of consecration during the Eucharistic prayer, this is my body, which will be given up for you. And this is the chalice of my blood, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. My focus was always on the first part. This is my body, this is my blood. The words that indicated the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. That real presence that was a major difference in how I viewed communion and how my friends from other Christian denominations viewed it. My attention was not so much focused on the second part. This is my body, which will be given up for you. 
my blood, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. I was so focused on the my body and my blood parts that I failed to appreciate the essential, necessary, inseparable connection from that body and blood present in the Eucharist to the body and blood that would soon be offered on the cross. Not just the body of Christ, but Christ's body given up for us. Not just the blood of Christ, but the blood of the new covenant which will be poured out for us and for many. I fail to appreciate that there is no body and blood of Jesus in the Eucharist if there is no body and blood of Jesus on the cross. The Last Supper is not simply the institution of the Eucharist. It is in many ways the first act of the crucifixion of the Paschal Mystery. And when we come together to represent this greatest act of all time, it is a special grace for us to see it for all that it is, not just a part of what it is. As this week in the readings, we focus on the betrayal of Judas and the actions of the high priest's mob, it is easy to see Jesus' actions at the Last Supper as separated from his actions on Good Friday. The reason we don't conclude the services of the Triduum, but simply allow them to flow unending from one into the other, is that the actions of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday are part of one awesome event, one Paschal mystery. The Jewish notion of memorial is that of the reliving of a past event. So the celebration of Passover is a reliving of that night in Egypt when the Jewish people were delivered from death by the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and from the bondage and slavery in Egypt. But in my mind, when the Israelites painted their doorposts with the blood of the lamb, it was as much about memorializing the moment as the angel of death actually needing a visual cue as to who to spare. But the God who has the power of life and death certainly has the power of knowledge in terms of who lives and dies. The blood on the doorpost, along with the specific instructions of the Passover meal, memorialized the dramatic, life-changing intervention of God in the lives of his people, using the blood of the lamb to prepare them for the blood of the one true lamb that would one day free them and us, not from death and bondage in Egypt, but from bondage to sin. In the same way that Jesus gives us the Eucharist to memorialize an even greater intervention of God with his people. Not an intervention that takes life, but one that gives a life to save life itself. Not once, but repeatedly in the representation of that gift at every Mass. In the same way, the Passover is a reliving of that night in Egypt. The Eucharist is also the reliving of not only the Last Supper, but the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus that delivered us from bondage to sin, to the world, the flesh, and the devil. As the Catechism describes it, the Paschal mystery is Christ's work of redemption accomplished principally 
by his passion, death, resurrection, and glorious ascension, whereby dying, he destroyed our death, rising, he restored our life. And the Eucharist renews this paschal sacrifice of Christ as a sacrifice offered by the church. And the Catechism explains that this event is not confined to the past, but is a living memorial. When it says, his paschal mystery is a real event that occurred in history, but it is unique. All other historical events happen once, and then they pass away, swallowed up by the past. The paschal mystery of Christ, by contrast, cannot remain only in the past, because by his death, he destroyed death, and all that Christ is, all that he did and suffered for all of us, participates in the divine eternity, and so transcends all times while being made present in them all. The event of the cross and resurrection continues without fading or being lost and draws everything toward life. Now, while unlike the Paschal Mystery, the washing of the apostles' feet is a historic event that happened once. In the same way, Jesus giving the apostles his body and blood in the Last Supper was the beginning of his perpetual sacrifice that we represent at each Mass. So too, the washing of feet, his demonstration of selfless service to the other, is the first act of a perpetual call to we, his followers, to sacrifice our lives in service to and care for one another. And let us not lose the full significance of this act of service. For Jesus did not just wash the feet of James and John, but also of Peter, who would shortly deny him, of Thomas, who would doubt him, and of Judas, who would soon betray him. An example and a call to act in love and service to those that love us and those that don't, to those who are strong and those who are weak striving to reflect Jesus in ourselves as we see him in those we serve. So as we move more fully into these most sacred of days, let us ask God to open our hearts and minds to the fullness of his salvific sacrifice occurring once again in our presence, that we may appreciate the reality of it here and now and draw power from it to serve as he taught, that in our priesthood, along with the ordained priesthood, we may do this in memory of me, hoping that we may, in the words of the psalm, take up the cup of salvation and make a return to the Lord for all of the good he has done for us. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.